the city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. There's something strange in your neighborhood. Ronananian. The majority of those vehicles under recall, or at least half of those vehicles under recall, are over seven years old. There's your seven-year parts limit. We came, we saw, we kicked. The car doctor. If this leaks, I know that this engine is going to be gone before the guy has the smarts or the ability or the time or the patience to turn it off. Welcome to the radio home of Ronananian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, it's the State Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Here's Ronnie. Welcome. Hello, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here. I want to talk to you today as we kick off this Halloween edition of the Car Doctor about how I don't really work for a living. And I don't. I'm very fortunate. I am here to talk to you about the passion of auto repair. I got to experience it again this week, and I kind of forgot that I had it, believe it or not, because you get so mired down and stuck in the muck of repairing cars on a daily basis that um, it sort of sneaks up on you. This week, I want to tell you the story about the return of Blackie. Ron and Annie and the car doctor here, by the way, 855-560-9900 is the phone number. And we are here, as always, uh, this time period, this this portion of your weekend. Or if you're podcasting, great, great, great to be in touch with you either way. Um, to talk to you about cars. Uh, you know, what's what's going on under the hood? What's bothering you? What's bugging you? What um, What's keeping you from really enjoying the car? Even just the experience. And um, it's all about getting a car fixed. That's what the car doctor's been about these past 25 years. And I think about that 25 years on radio and 43 years repairing cars and Every time I, it sneaks around and catches me by surprise, that, that passion of repair just opened my eyes. It was goosey night here in New Jersey, you know, the night before Halloween this week. And, you know, I always stick around the shop late that night. So if you happen to be in New Jersey next year come Halloween, you want to, you want to see the car doctor at work, although it'll be a Saturday next week, next year. But uh, you get the idea. We're there late. We, we kind of hang around the shop and just want to make sure the neighborhood kids aren't mischievous. And um, we sort of work on cars, and there's always something to do. There's always plenty to catch up on. Danny gave me Blackie to work on. If you remember, Blackie was the littlest of Nanian's 99 Jeep Cherokee that we had in the family fleet for the longest time before she had a venture six hours away to grad school, and she had to replace that car with another car, and we ended up keeping that sort of on the fringe of the neighborhood of the family because we ended up selling it to Danny, my mechanic's girlfriend's brother. So it was kind of in the family, twice removed. Blackie broke down this week. The exhaust system fell off, and it had just rotted to the point that there was just nothing left, and it had to be repaired. And that wasn't the passion. That wasn't the moment. The moment came afterwards, and it seems Blackie's now, she's 17 years old, 99. She's creeping up there in age, and things are starting to rust pretty good. And one of the things that rusted was the fuel line inlet valve, where the line couples and connects from the body on the frame to the engine, there's a there's a 
coupling that goes up to a plastic nylon tube that then goes to a stainless steel line that then transfers around the front of the engine and clips in to the front injector rail. And it's not even available from Chrysler anymore. The part's gone. And I'm not quite sure what they expect you to do because you start to look start to look at the number of Jeep Cherokees on the road. Good gosh, they're like ants. They're everywhere. And it's just it's very frustrating. So I found my passion again. It was like I looked at it, and I got to do it that night, that Friday night, when there was no one around. Danny was there. He was working in Bay 2 on his own uh, Jeep Cherokee, and I was working on this one, and we had Adam, um, who's our newfound shop puppy, we call him, uh, working on his Subaru over there in Bay 3. And it was just nice to stand there and solve a problem. No phones, no customers, no day-to-day. Just fix the problem. Fix the car in front of you. Now, some years ago, I had purchased what they call a fuel line repair kit, which is for nylon tubed fuel lines, which I guess I knew I was going to see this repair at some point. And they give you these little fittings, which are similar to what the factory uses, but a little different, but they work. And you can piece this together. And it's this big, giant contraption. If you ever want to see how this works, go out to YouTube and Google um, Dorman Fuel Line Repair Kit. And it's kind of neat. It's got these sandwich-type fingers that hold the plastic line, and it'll it'll hold the fitting and the line, and you get to squeeze it together with these vice grip types type jaws, this clamping device, and it works, sort of. Because the problem is that the plastic line is so hard, and you know what I'm talking about if you've ever done this. It's that hard plastic line that just has no flexibility to it. The stuff is just about indestructible, which is great, but it's it's kind of like trying to sew up Superman if he ever got wounded by kryptonite because you've got no needle strong enough to, to run the stitches. So how do you put together plastic and steel line that you have to kind of push together like a Chinese handcuff and get it to stay without damaging anything? And I tried everything. I, I tried silicone. You know, wet didn't do it. Oil didn't do it. Silicone didn't do it. And I said, I'm going at this wrong. And I took about 20 minutes by myself and using a small pocket butane torch, just kind of practiced. And I just laced over the outside of the tube. And the first one I melted, I admit it, because I had to find the tolerance of, you know, how far and how hot can I get it before it collapses. And I found I found the, 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 the secret where, because everything's a process in auto repair, you know, there are there are things, it's like life. You're going to find things you just can't do. And you're going to get frustrated and you're going to get angry. And then you're going to find a solution and you're going to realize how good you really are as a, as a person to solve that problem. And that's the way life is. So goes auto repair. And I ended up figuring out just kiss it with a little bit of heat and real quick hit it with the grips. And it was therapy. It really was. You couldn't get this kind of therapy. You could go sit with the best therapist in the world, and for $250 an hour, you couldn't get this kind of therapy because when you were done, when I was done, I called Danny over, and I said, come here. And he looks at it, and he says, man, that thing's a work of art. And it really was because it, it came off the frame rail, and it, it, it bent at a 90. It went up about two inches. It bent at another 90 degree, and then it sort of bent at a 45 going in the opposite contour and it hooked into the stainless steel line and it was it was perfect more importantly i went home really feeling good about what i can do 
And that probably sounds weird, the guy who sits here on radio every week and talks to you about your car problem and solving your car problem for you. But you know what? Every once in a while, you just you need to see, yeah, look at what I can do. You can fix something that, that, that you had to fix because you can't get parts for it anymore. And that's the passion. That's what makes you feel good. And you know what? As tired as I've been sometimes in the last couple of weeks, because it's been a, a, a very physical kind of a, a three, four months, just doing a lot of work, I got to tell you, it rejuvenates you. And I feel like I could go another 43 years and I'm ready for it because it just, you know, it's, it, it, to me, it was a miracle. You, you see that sometimes and you wonder where the next miracle is. And sometimes it's the simplest things. You don't realize what you're here for. I'm here to do that. I'm here to fix cars. That's what Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor is all about. 855-560-9900. Thanks for taking this ride with me this weekend and all the others that we've been together. If you've been with me a while and if you're new, welcome aboard. Um, I promise I will not let you down. I promise that I will educate you about your car. I promise that if you listen and stick around long enough and if you are so inclined to ask the right questions, I will empower you the next time you go into your mechanic to know whether or not you're being ripped off, to know whether or not you need what he says you need or she says you need, and to really just talk to them and find out what do you need because that's what the car doctor is all about. Coming up in our second hour, we're going to have the long-awaited, held over since the summer interview with Butch Patrick. Remember Butch Patrick of the Munsters, Little Eddie Munster? Well, oh, let's see, back around Labor Day. Boy, it seems so weird to think Labor Day was two months ago. How did that happen? Um, and Thanksgiving's kind of like sneaking around the corner. We... Uh, um, we were fortunate enough to sit down with Butch at the Dead Man's Curve Labor Day Hot Rod Wild Weekend Party the Wednesday before Labor Day and uh, talked to him about drag racing and some of his memories of the 60s and, and cars and just an interesting, interesting conversation with an interesting guy. We're going to do that um, down around the bottom of the second hour. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. I know we've got one on the phone. Let's pull over and take the pause, and uh, this way we're not crowded. And when we come back... We'll return and talk to Jeff up there in Franklin, Maine. Stay tuned. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Ron and Anian. From his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a great Hey, 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 welcome back. Ron and Anian, the car doctor here, 855-560-9900. By the way, if you're looking for us during the week outside of this radio show's broadcast, you can find more information at cardoctorshow.com. If you go down the left side of cardoctorshow.com, you'll find links there to tunein.com, iHeart.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes.com, because we uh, do sub- allow you to subscribe to podcasts via iHeart and iTunes.com. And if you need me during the week, Car Doctor is always on call. Ron at cardoctorshow.com. Drop me an email. Let's get over and talk to Jeff Franklin, Maine, 1995 Mitsubishi, and some problems with the way it runs. Jeff, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Nice to talk to you. Thank you, sir. What's going on? Well, I bought this car uh, earlier this year just to just to go back and forth to work with. Coming home the other night, all of a sudden, out of the blue, it's uh, is losing power and uh, running really bad. Okay, ba- backfire and misfire. What 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 kind of running bad, Jeff? 
Well, I was kind of like skipping and, and backfiring. No, I wasn't really backfiring. I was skipping pretty bad and right. just running really bad, no power. Right, right. And uh, so I, went about two, two, I went about two miles that way, and uh, and I, and uh, all of a sudden it blew a hole in the in the catalytic converter, and that's when I got a towel. Mm. Now, when you say blew a hole, like you heard a physical backfire, kaboom, and something fell off? Yeah, so, it went boom, and there's a hole in the catalytic, mm. I took the catalytic converter off, and that. Somehow all the guts came out of it and fell on the floor. And, well, at least it makes it easy finding all the pieces. You know, Henry Ford yeah. once said that he'd give you the car for free because about two years later, uh, the parts fall off him so fast you need a wheelbarrow, and that was back in 1927. So uh, I guess he's not lying. It's still true today, even on a newer car, even on a non-Ford. Uh, you know, where I think we've got to look here is we've got to think about ignition. We've got to think about things that are going to cause a combustion problem or process outside of the normal firing order you know when you hear a backfire either intake or exhaust something's happening at the wrong time in relation to spark and where it is in relation to valves being open and closed if it created a backfire at the wrong moment when there was an exhaust valve open then it's it's going to transfer itself out and it's going to be a backfire or a kaboom in the exhaust system um, there are other things that can cause exhaust systems to do that, but let's stay with the basics and the simple stuff first. So now that the catalytic converter fell off and it's got a very loud exhaust system, does it run at all yet? Well, I, cu- I cut the catalytic converter off and put a piece of pipe in right. to try it. Right. And it runs just as bad or maybe even worse. Okay. So, uh, so, so we know now that the catalytic converter failure wasn't the cause, it was the damage that was done by the backfire or by whatever the failure is that we've got going on here. So let's start to cover basics. This is a 95 automobile. There's a little bit of computer here, not nearly what's on newer cars. So we can really rely on our basics. Let's go and look at manifold vacuum. Let's go look at coolant temp when it's warmed up. Let's go look at and verify mechanical timing. And by that, I mean cam and crank timing and also distributor timing. This car has a distributor on it, correct? Yeah. Distributor comes down off the back side of the cylinder head. It's yeah. it's, it's laying horizontal. Let's let's take uh, a look. I can't remember yet. Okay. If it is, if it's the one I'm thinking of, let's take a look inside of there, Jeff, because these also have a problem or had a problem when there were more of these where the internal seal and the distributor would go bad, and you'll take that cap off and it'll be soaked with oil. And guess what? Guess what that'll do? That'll create a backfire problem. <laughs> Kaboom! It's, it's, um, it's starting really hard now, where it didn't used to start real hard. Right, right. And when it was acting up, I could, if I if I applied the the uh, throttle real slow, it, it would rev up all the way. But if I stomped on it, it would just bog out. It okay. wouldn't do anything. So let's let's do this. Do you? It's what, what do you do for a living, Jeff? I work in construction. Okay, so you're a hands-on guy. You you, you kind of tinker with cars. I take it a little bit. Yeah. So so do you have do you have any kind of a spark tester, something besides a screwdriver and holding it to ground? No, but I can get one. Yeah, get one. You know what? They're twenty bucks. They're cheap enough. And 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 by that I mean a, a real spark tester is something as simple as a calibrated looks like a spark plug. It's a calibrated plug with an alligator clip soldered to right. it, and it's it's holding it yeah, to ground. I've seen them. Yeah, you've seen them. And the idea there is that if it can jump that gap, then it's strong enough to jump the gap inside the cylinder under the pressure and compression of the piston coming up. So first thing I want to know is what spark. You should see 25,000, 30,000 volts out of this ignition coil. If it's if it's 1520, we've got a weak ignition, and let's start to look at that and source that out. 
If it's got good spark, move on. Let's let's start it up. Um, you could use a scan tool here if you've got that capability. If not, a mechanic could go in and pin test things like the map sensor. If I remember right, the map sensor on these, um, it's going to be opposite. It should be with the engine running. The map sensor will read eh, probably close to 4 volts, 4.5 volts, something like that, sitting there at idle. And then as you accelerate, you'll see the map sensor drop down. Uh, we just want to see, could the map sensor be out of calibration? Those were common. The, the TPS, the throttle position sensor, should be under a volt, all right? And coolant temp, those three are the three main inputs in terms of this particular car on what has authority over what to make a decision on how the vehicle should run. Uh, coolant temp should be in the one to two volt range depending upon temperature. Uh, and last, you know, you got any way to check fuel pressure? No. You know, it would be nice to look at fuel quality. Um, and just to see what pressure and volume is. Once you get past that, then we get into more more complicated things that are probably out of your wheelhouse. Um, these do have issues with distributors and the crank sensor, which is inside it, or the cam sensor, which is inside it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry being out of sync, causing cross-firing, which is also what you're getting. So I, I guess what I'm saying to you, Jeff, is you've got to go through some basics, and then when you get beyond what you're comfortable with, you've got to get it into a mechanic and let him pick it up from there. But, you know, just diagnose it. It's just a, you know, it's a little bit of an odd duck. It's a Mitsubishi. There aren't that many of them left anymore. But underneath all of it, it's still a four-cylinder engine that operates under the same principles as engines operated all the time. Let's just think about basics. Suck, squeeze, pop, blow. I mean, it's it's there's a fault right. in there somewhere um, as, as far as what's affecting it. Uh, you know, the catalytic converter was damaged, but the catalytic converter wasn't, the reason why it happened. Something else is going on here. Ignition. All right, sir? All right. You give that a shot, and if you need me during the week, you shoot me an email. Just send me some test results. Just don't, you know, don't send me an email, hey, Ron, we tried Spark. It still doesn't work. What's next? You know, send me some test results. Start to think the problem through, and um, either you or your mechanic, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it's repairable. It's just a matter of doping it out. All right, sir? All right, thank you. You're very welcome, Jeff. Yeah, it's, you know what? One of the things I've learned... And, you know, you face every insurmountable task, everything you think you can't fix. And if you stop to just break it down into basics, as long as you can get the information on it, now you can fix anything. That's part of auto repair, and I think uh, that's really how you win in cars, fixing cars, and that's that's really how you win in life. Um, You know, that's what I like about auto repair. It uh, sort of teaches you that. 855-560-9900. Ron Anany and the Car Doctor cruising back right after this. Ron and Anian. Dracula and his son. The scene was rocking. Oh boy. The <laughs> I tell you, I'm going to have to sit Tom Ray down and talk to him a little bit about production of this radio show. Hello and welcome. Ron and Anian, the car doctor here. 855-560-9900. He's, um, uh, we love Tom. Tom's actually out on remote. He's sort of on remote. Tom is up at our uh, local New York affiliate helping man the show and uh, just watching over and uh, making sure that all things run smoothly. And uh, he's away from us today, and we hope he's out there enjoying his uh, his lunch, his company, and uh, his piece of crumb cake we packed in his lunchbox before we sent him out to play with the kids. So, uh, Tom, if you're listening, and I know you are, happy Halloween. Let's get on over and talk to Pete, La Crosse, Wisconsin, 2011 Subaru, and some questions about pistons and ECMs and all kinds of other stuff. Pete, you're on with the car doctor. How can I help? 
Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. I have listened to you for years, but I never thought I'd be calling. Well, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are, and I guess I'm, I'm already going to apologize and say I'm sorry to hear you're having trouble, Pete. What can I do for you? Well, I've got a 2011 Forester with 48K, and it's been running great. I love the car. Except uh, there's an except, except in here. Have, yeah, here it comes. Yeah, yeah. Check engine light. Okay. And uh, I took it in, and they had it for several days. They never really resolved anything. Brought it back, and uh, about five days later, it came on again. And they said there was some oil bleeding into the piston. And short story, I need a new short block. Wow. Yeah, and, and, I, and bet, I bet, was it running rough when it was turning on the check engine light? But Was it, like, misfiring? Misfiring at the start. Once it warmed up, it was fine, and yeah. the check engine light would throw on. They had a really tough time uh, diagnosing it. Yep, yep. I, I got to tell you. And it's funny, we talk about this in the shop more than I realize, I think, sometimes. we Oil consumption is a real problem for a lot of manufacturers right now. And, and it has been for a while. It's really crazy. We, we've elevated the, the automobile to such a high-quality finished piece. And then since 2010, 2011, Subaru, Honda, Toyota, some of the nameplates you know and you, you think, gee, they build the best in the world. And they're not that good anymore. They're not as good as they once were. They're, everything is kind of becoming equal. It's, it's Auto repair is really becoming like professional sports with, with all the trade programs and the cap and salary cap and all that. Everything is kind of getting balanced out. And Subaru among them, they're playing this game with oil control rings and the, the tension on their oil rings. And they're, they're creating problems and they're all trying to squeeze the last tenth of a gallon of fuel out of the mpg rating and it's it's creating this particular problem and you know i would have left well enough alone the car was working and i'm not sure why they're going to this uh, you know general motors had a problem a couple of years back on equinoxes on their four cylinders that with gdi with gasoline direct injection they were playing around with the pressure that the system operated at on the 12 and the 13 equinoxes and they were pushing the piston so hard in the cylinder they were actually wearing out the ring prematurely and shoving the piston all the way over to the side and allowing the oil to sneak up past it. And I mean, just, you know, the technology is getting to the point where they're splitting hairs and you, the consumer, are suffering for it, you know, and here we go. So they're going to put a short block in it. And how long is that going to take, Pete? Well, I'm going to get the car back sometime next week. My question is, can I trust this new engine now? <laughs> Definite maybe. You know, it's it, you don't know. And the reason I say that is because the Subaru is getting to be a real common failure. I've got four right now with customers at the shop that they've taken their Subies in to Subaru for warranty, repair, and extension for this problem with oil consumption. And I've got to tell you, three out of the four are having issues. Two of them are having problems with continued oil consumption. The other one's having a problem with how the engine runs. Now, that could just be that the dealership that didn't, you know, put the kid with the shiny new toolbox, 18 years old, just out of Lincoln Tech, uh, working on the car, and he doesn't know anything about fixing it. That's a whole other story. But, you know, it's still three out of the four. That's not a great track record. 75% of the ones I'm in touch with are having problems. So, you know, it's just something to be aware of. And, you know, just be mindful. You know, I think if you Google this, and I'm sure you have, you'll you'll see this all over the Internet. Um, people are talking about the uh, the oil consumption problems that they're having. So um, let me just give you a bulletin number real quick, too, Pete, before I let you go. 
Great. If you want to see this, take a look at Bulletin 02-147-13R, and there's there's probably four different versions of that. It's an interesting read. I remember when I read it, it talks about um, problems with their oil control ring and how they're making changes to the oil control piston ring and, and, and what they're doing different and how they're doing it different and why they're doing it different. And it it's just um, it's a 14-page bulletin that just kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck and saying, how complicated did we make something that once worked and uh, and why? So um, just good information to just uh, you know take in and just make a decision do you want to replace the car or not? Maybe that'll help you. All right, sir. Thanks a lot. Uh, what a what an education! I'll tell you. Who it, would have thought it? Yeah, who would have thought it? Well, you know, listen. Who would have thought some of the things we've seen in our lifetimes? And uh, you know, we say it all the time. We look at some of the simplest things that they once did out of automobiles, and they've overcomplicated it. They've 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 complicated cars to the point that nothing works anymore. To the point that you're sitting there and you're longing for heck. I'm I'm so thrilled to drive a 97 Ford Ranger. I thought of this the other day. Real quick story. I drive a 97 Ford Ranger out of all the cars. If I can't take the hot rod out, I like my Ranger the best. It's a 97. It's got 208,000 miles on it now. If it breaks, there's seven pieces to it. You know, it's it's just they're running out of parts for it, uh, which is another problem. But you look at a modern car, a, a 2015, if the car shuts off, it's it's a process just to figure out which scan tool to plug in and look at which module to go, which system to decide where do you want to begin to diagnose the fault. And, you know, it's, listen, on and on and on. Pete, I enjoyed the call, sir. I wish you the best, and if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, you give me another call. You email me, ron at cardoctorshow.com, and uh, I'll do what I can for you. All right? You take good care. Let's get on over and talk to Scott in New Hampshire. Some questions, uh about Polestar spark plugs and launch scan tools. Scott, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? I need a scan tool, Ron. That's mm-hmm. why I called help, help, help. I just went through an issue with spark plugs and coils last week. Right. Uh, and uh, it, I get either multiple misfire or uh, it'll designate a plug as a misfire, which at that particular point I couldn't understand why, but I ended up just swapping the coils out between three and five. This was in a 2012 Jeep Wrangler. And I still had misfire in number five. I had just put those spark plugs in. Yeah, you just done, I, you know I'd heard about this. Harry explained this to me, and you're the you're the second or third person I've I've heard about this. But I've also heard that their customer service is really very good, and they were they were great about getting replacements out to you and the Fantastic other folks as well. Customer yeah, service. yeah. They, they couldn't bend over backwards quicker. I I had that one replacement spark plug in a day, two days. Yeah. And, and then uh, it happened in my daughter's Jeep, 2002 Liberty, 3.7 V6, multiple misfires. I had just put those plugs in not a thousand miles ago. Yeah, and that's and, it's unfortunate. But here we go, the price of technology, right? Exactly. Yep. But what I want to know is what type of scan tool that you would recommend, and I'm going to say within the 500 to to $1,000 range, that will do just about every magic thing that you do. How's that? That's a broad question, isn't it? Yeah, that's a that's a tough call. Um, uh, it, it really is, Scott. I've got to tell you, in that in that price range, I think where I would look, um, I would look at launch, and I would look at a CRP two twenty nine. That would be CRP two twenty nine, and then okay. and then work my way up from there. You know, the nice thing about that tool is, first of all, it's touch screen. It's very compact. Um, it updates great. 
One of the nicest things I like about the launch line, launch family of tools, and I haven't found one yet that doesn't do it this way, is the update is mindless. It's you turn it on, you check for updates. Yeah, it needs to be an update. Dink, hit the button, and just walk away. It's, if you're connected to the Internet wireless, it, it's there. Now, wow. you know, just this week we were having conversation about we're, we're also looking at some of the other competitor scan tools, and launch seems to be – Oh, there's probably two or three that are wireless in terms of the device that plugs into the connector under the dash and the actual body of the tool, whereas some of the competition is still hardwired. And, you know, it was a conversation about speed and, and, and how fast it updates. I got to tell you, I'm still running some tests, and I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I'm doing sort of a scan tool shootout in the shop. I think the launch perks along really well, and I have no problems with how fast it updates. And it just connects, and that ability to stand outside the car while you're standing there pushing buttons. And, you know, listen, when you get out of cars every, when you work on cars every day, to get in and out of that car every day, you know, every, you know, how many cars I get in and out of, to be able to reach in, plug it in, and use the scan tool, it just makes it a whole lot easier. So I like that. I like that in the launch uh, um, scan tool family. So take a look at the CRP229, and then take a look at the Pad 2. Um, probably out of your price range, but definitely a nice tool. Definitely something to look at, and that's their latest and greatest. The uh, X4, I think it's X431 Pad 2, or it might just be referred to as the Pad 2. And you can find more at their website, launchtechusa.com. Appreciate the call, Scott, and uh, good luck with those pulse stars. If I can do anything else for you, you give me a call, 855-560-9900. Ron Andy and the Car Doctor. I am back right after this. Ron and Anian. It's a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the land. Welcome back, Ron and Anian, the car doctor, moving along here spooktacularly. How's that? Look at that, huh, Tone? A little bit of wit. A little bit. So get him out of here. Ron and Anian, the car doctor here, 855-560-9900. I know Tom Ray fell off his stool somewhere where he's sitting listening to this radio show. Let's get over and talk to Catherine in Stockton Springs, Maine, 2006 Chevy Impala. Catherine, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Thank you for uh, taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I'm, I have uh, some pretty bad uh, regular tires on the car, and being that uh, winter is on its way, I'm putting uh, some new, uh, thanks to you, general tires, um, the uh, Arctic uh, Ultimate. But uh, I've never had a computerized computer, uh, car before. Right. And I've only had the car for a year come this November. So should I buy uh, some brand new um, sensors, the uh, stems, the stem belts that has the sensors on it? Well, let's uh, yeah, let, and you're talking about you're talking about you're going to put the General Tire Ultimax RT43 on the car. Great choice. You'll enjoy them a lot, uh, especially for those main winters, and um, especially when the snow melts, you'll enjoy them even more. Driving them on a on a smooth, steady road. Um, you've got TPMS sensors there, which is yeah. the electronic transmitter, if you will, that sits inside of a tire today that registers the amount of air pressure and sends it out to a TPMS or tire pressure monitoring system module. When you change tires, you don't need to change the sensor, but 
All right, there's a but. The fact that this car is in Maine in an area where there's, you know, heavy salt use for bad for bad roads for the snow and the ice, corrosion becomes a factor. So it is it is becoming a very good idea as a service that when you change the tires, not the sensor, but the rubber seal kit that is around the stem. There's they call it a TPMS stem repair or a, or a TPMS seal kit. Change those seals because okay. those seals will corrode. Especially, is it an aluminum wheel? Do you know or a steel wheel? I believe it's aluminum. Yeah, I think it's al- I think it's aluminum too. And the aluminum has a very caustic reaction with the with the uh, snow and the ice melt being used on the roads all over the country today, and it will actually grind in and and it'll cause stem leaks and it's it's just not worth the aggravation. In the old days, every time we did tires, we always changed a, a valve stem. So now we're just upgrading it a little bit because of the electronics. When we change a tire, we change the tire pressure monitoring stem kit itself especially on an older vehicle, especially on a vehicle in a high salt area, especially on a vehicle with aluminum wheels. It's a great idea to avoid the comeback and the problem that uh, that, that gives you an issue. So by all means, Catherine, you do that. Enjoy those General Ultimax tires and give us a call back. Let us know how they are in a couple of months, and uh, we'll, you'll be our reviewer, one of our reviewers out in the field. Everybody seems to love them to date. Ron and Annie in the car, Doctor, 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. I should point out real quick, that is the Car Doctor's 24-7 number, 855-560-9900. Call it. Leave a message if we're not on the air. This show is live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and on many of our local live or our, our live affiliates across the country, not just local. But bottom line, if you call 855-560-9900, we're not here, we're not on the air. Leave a message. There's a messaging service attached. Fast Harry, our executive producer, will get back to you, get you in queue, and we can talk about your car problem up here for your benefit and everybody else's because the car doctor wants to educate all you guys about what's going on with cars. Let's get on and talk to Charles, Buckfield, Maine, 2011 Toyota, and some questions about tires. Charles, you're on with the car doctor, sir. How can I help? RAV4, V6, all-wheel drive. Okay. Went to get the tires uh, swapped over the other day. They got 9,000 on the set. And they told me that the front ones wouldn't uh, match up with the rear that I had to buy tires, which is common in the uh, tire trade. They want to sell me a couple of tires. Uh, how? Uh, that's the first question. How how critical is that? Well, tire diameter is everything on an all-wheel drive vehicle, Charles. The industry says there can't be more than two thirty seconds of tread depth difference between a tire before it can become an issue. And even to the point that mixing and matching, if you put two of brand A and two of brand B, brand new tires, same size on a vehicle, there is enough variation between some manufacturers on tire diameter that it can affect and uh, cause issues with all-wheel drive operation. So bottom line, if the tires aren't being rotated enough, 
And if they are and there's still a wear problem, then there's something else going on. Perhaps we've got something uh, in the way of alignment or something else with this vehicle. But bottom line, if the tread depth isn't matching and it's not where it's supposed to be, then, yeah, you need four tires, and we want you safe. You can find more information if you want to. Get out to the General Tire website and see what's going on there, generaltire.com. I'm Ron Anning, the car doctor. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. See ya.